Recovery Radio, KMP3, Thousand Oaks. Ah, yes. You are listening to The Recovery Radio podcast on KMP3. I am a member of Alcoholics Anonymous and I will be your host. You can email me at sarcasticbigbook at gmail. And you can follow me on Instagram at sarcastic.aa.book. Visit my website to recoveryradiokmp3.com to get the books, go to sarcasticbigbook.com. And as always, I am so glad you're here with me. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know if your day's just getting started. Maybe it's just winding down. Maybe it's somewhere right in the middle. I don't know. But here we are, you and me, and I am so glad for that. Grateful I have no desire to drink today. I have a daily reprieve that's contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. A reprieve from what? A daily reprieve from the insanity of the first drink. Specifically. That's what the book, that's what our big book talks about. We have a daily Postponement of punishment <laughs> that is based upon the maintenance of our spiritual condition. Punishment from the insanity of the first drink. That hell. That thought or non-thought. Six o'clock, no thought of drinking. Six o one, I'm drinking. Or the thought, I don't care what the consequences are. I know exactly what they're going to be and I don't care. I'm going to do it anyway. Or it'll be different this time. The insanity of the first drink. And fortunately, we do get restored to sanity. So I wake up this morning very aware of the fact that Currently, I've been restored to sanity, according to the big book. Pretty amazing. Guess what? You're not going to believe this. I'm on my second cup of coffee already today. Like a psycho. Boy, am I ever thankful that I had a sponsor for so many years who did not care whatsoever about what was popular to say. Didn't care. Didn't care at all. So many popular things to say within the fellowship that you know I think cause a lot of harm. And I'm so grateful for the guidance that I had for so long. 
somebody who really had me, you know, kind of like a horse with blinders on, you know, just honed in on the book. More than him, he would say, I don't know the answers to a lot of stuff, and I'm not going to pretend that I do. Always point me back to the book. Always point me back to the book. And as it was happening, the people who were in my life in AA were not having that experience. The friends that I had in Alcoholics Anonymous were not having parallel experiences in that regard. Many of them, most of them, didn't have someone relentlessly pointing them directly into the big book. And I'm so glad now, more and more grateful over time, that I had that for so long in my life. I mean, he would just routinely say things that were against the grain. They weren't popular things to say. He would... Because a lot of popular things that people say contradict what's in the book. And he would, you know, somebody, I never, I didn't know what was going on, you know, for the longest time. And somebody would say something that I would hear and I'd be like, yeah, that sounds great. And then my sponsor would point to the book and to the fact that it was not congruent what was in the book and a lot of people didn't like that but I don't know I see it so simply today that you and I are like brilliant we're geniuses and then the first drink is smarter than us. And the big book is smarter than the first drink. That's as plainly as I see it today. Keep it real simple. It is really amazing if you're an alcoholic who's sober. It's really incredible. You know, one of the things that the extensive nonlinear big book study changed my life went over goes over is um, what the book means when it talks about death and dying and living and live and if we were to live we had to be free of anger and above everything we must be rid of our selfishness or it kills us and reading all that 
large group of people for many, many years over and over again made it really clear that they were talking about relapse when they were talking about death and dying because the big book was written for the very low bottom alcoholic whose next drink would literally mean physical death or could mean that. And one of the things it talks about is if we were, if we were to live, um, but we needed a power by which we could live. I mean, let me just read it. Check out this sweet action. We're going to go to a little page I like to call, don't sit on my back and kick me like I'm a horse. Just, I will get there. Calm down. Be patient. We'll turn to the page. If you know where it is, you're probably like, dude, just turn to that page. 45. I'm going to start. I'm going to read. I'm just going to read a little bit of We Agnostics and start on page 44, where the chapter begins. I'm just going to read this. In the preceding chapters, you have learned something of alcoholism. We hope we have made clear the distinction between the alcoholic and the non-alcoholic. If, when you honestly want to, you find you cannot quit entirely, or if, when drinking, you have little control over the amount you take, you're probably alcoholic. Notice a couple things there. One thing is they've described the alcoholic already. They're moving on now. We hope we've made clear the distinction already between the alcoholic and the non-alcoholic. That's one thing. Then notice that they say if you if you, when you honestly want to, you can't quit entirely, like permanently, or if when drinking you have a little control over the amount you take, you're probably alcoholic. Notice that it doesn't say, if you're super defiant, you're probably alcoholic. If you have no attention span, you're probably alcoholic. If you grew up and never felt like you fit in, you're probably alcoholic. They're talking about, if when you honestly want to, you find you can't quit entirely. Or if when drinking, you have a little control over the amount you take, that's it. You're probably alcoholic. If that be the case, you may be suffering from an illness which only a spiritual experience will conquer. Notice that it doesn't say an intellectual experience or a material experience or the right rehab or the best therapist. A spiritual experience might be the only thing. To one who feels as atheist or agnostic, such an experience seems impossible. But to continue as he is means disaster, especially if, if he's an alcoholic of the hopeless variety. To be doomed to an alcoholic death or to live in a spiritual basis are not always easy alternatives to face. <laughs> That's how hard living by spiritual principles is. It's like, uh, doomed to an alcoholic death, live on a spiritual basis. It's kind of a photo finish here. I don't know which is worse. Try and be helpful to people who... bother me try to be a mending loving force wherever I go in the world or doomed to an alcoholic death I don't know it's a tie 
but it isn't so difficult about half our original fellowship were exactly that type. First, some of us tried to avoid the issue, hoping against hope we were not true alcoholics. But after a while, we had to face the fact that we must find the spiritual basis of life or else. But cheer up. <laughs> it says perhaps that's it's going to be that way with you. But cheer up. Something like half of us thought we were atheists or agnostics. Our experience shows that you need not be disconcerted. If a mere code of morals, or a better philosophy of life, were sufficient to overcome alcoholism, many of us would have recovered long ago. But we found that such codes and philosophies did not save us, no matter how much we tried. We could wish to be moral. We could wish to be philosophically comforted. In fact, we could will these things with all our might, but the needed power wasn't there. Our human resources, as marshaled by the will, were not sufficient. They failed utterly. Lack of power. That was our dilemma. We had to find a power by which we could live. That's why I was talking about all that stuff a minute ago, about what the big book means when it talks about living and live and die and death and kill and all that. Might as well say we needed a power by which we could stay sober. That power had to, had to be a power greater than ourselves, obviously, but where and how were we to find this power? That's exactly what this book is about. Its main object is to enable you to find a power greater than yourself, which will solve your problem. Singular problem. The first thing we looked up in our book study was the singular use of the word problem. What problem do they talk about us having solved? A problem that they say disappears. A problem that is no longer with us. A problem that gets removed. So quotes why do they call us ex-problem drinkers? So we needed a power by which we could live. In other words, a power that can solve our drink problem. And it is fascinating to go through the book and just look up singular use of the word problem. <laughs> Remember we did that in our study and a lot of people were just so annoyed and bored by that why are we looking at this it doesn't matter like i'm the problem my thinking's the problem it's like no we're doing this to see what the big book says about that when we arrive at a consensus over and over and over again the big book does not say you have a thinking problem aside from where it specifically involves the first drink the big book says over and over again that you are not the problem I need a power greater than myself that can solve this problem, a.k.a. that can restore me to sanity, a.k.a. that can relieve our alcoholism. It's fascinating. A lot of people walked out, couldn't hang. Why are we looking at the word problem? It's so obvious what the problem is. Well, it's not. 
Big Book says we have a two-fold problem that is unique to us. The insanity of alcohol, that's the main part of the problem, which centers in the mind. The allergy, the physical element, which is permanent and progressive. And then we're human beings who also have a spiritual malady. In our case, spiritual malady is overcome, which arrests the insanity, rendering the physical element irrelevant today. I should say of no consequence today. Pretty cool. So, I am grateful. I have no desire to drink today. That the main part of my alcoholic problem is in an arrested state. It's not with me today. It's like the book says. It's just me and my assholeism. Continuously chisel away at that. Letting enough light shine past that. It will be an amount sufficient to keep me restored to sanity today. Pretty amazing. All right. I'm going to go. I am shooting an ad on the back page of a magazine for protein powder called Giceps. It's like biceps, except it's just, they spell guy like really big and seps smaller. I'm there like Rocky Balboa with my just flexing hard. <laughs> Waiter. Yeah. Just the coffee. Just the two coffees, yeah. All right. <laughs> I'm going to give another shout out to Dallas, Texas. <laughs> so many of you there listening to this. I appreciate it. Helping you make me number one on Feedspot. The number one. Sobriety podcast. Pretty cool. It's not me. I just get out of the way just enough to help somebody. That's for sure. All right. I'll give a shout out to some of my friends. To uh, Chelsea and to Kelly and to Richard, Tony, Dave. Shout out to Katie. Give a shout out to uh, Taylor. And Tom. I could go on and on, but I'll stop. If anybody needs to hear it, I'll say that everything is okay. Everything's okay. Might not feel like it. 
Lord knows I've spent. Plenty of time in my life thinking it's not okay. Just a simple act of somebody saying that it is sometimes was very comforting to me. I say it now because I I really believe that. Anyway, an amazing rest of your day or night. I do not know why my life was saved, but I am going to go try to live a life that was worth saving. I hope you do the same.